welcome to the very first episode of Amber and Sarah's epic podcast. My name is Sarah Fox and I will be acting as the host today and Miss Amber Hinky here will be our participant. Hello. So today we will be we will be discussing the play Wits by Margaret Edson. One day I'll memorize that name. And I really just want to start off with asking Amber, like, what was your overall first impression of this play? Like, what are your, some of your first thoughts? Uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Unlike a lot of other books and novels and their takes on the subject of cancer and death and dying, where they kind of paint it in a more positive connotation as an opportunity to gain an optimistic perspective on life as you reflect back and appreciate the things, the good things you did with provides a very pessimistic perspective and kind of paints its main character, Vivian, is um, a tragic hero, which is a very common thing to do in dramas, where she's worked very hard to like gain her position as, respected, as a respected English professor. And as a result, she kind of cut off her relationships and like made them less strong and kind of didn't exactly live her life to the fullest and just focused a bit too much on that dream and as a result the pain of cancer mixed with that um regretfulness kind of paints this cruel reality of what it's like to be dying of cancer at a fairly young age so then you feel that like this novel is does a more realistic job at portraying the experience of cancer yes i do Okay, so then what would you say like were some of the aspects about cancer that were so prominent in this novel that aren't in most others? The pain of it, for sure. Um, She talks a lot about how like actually straight up painful cancer is. Uh, Like towards the end of the novel, um, whenever her old professor is reading to her, I believe it is... Yeah, it's around page 78 and 79. Uh, Her professor's reading an old childhood book that's mentioned a lot throughout the play, and she is literally moaning in pain in between dialogue and stuff, and she's dying of straight-up suffering. And it's kind of a cruel reality because cancer is a disease that straight-up eats you alive and just drains all the resources in your bodies for the cancerous and mutated cells. And it can be utterly painful at times, especially the treatment of it as well. Um, She went through chemotherapy and threw up a ton as a result because her immune system was just degraded and unable to fight for its own. And as a result, she experienced a lot of pain through that as well. Okay, so it sounds like you're saying like this illness is degrading to her. Yes. Okay, would you say it's degrading to her emotionally as well? Yep. Uh, It's kind of like death itself is a very harsh, um, like, like a very forceful way of having to reflect on your life. And Vivian being so focused on her career and her passions neglected a lot of building up relationships and experiencing new things other than that and as a result when she goes back to reflect on her life as she's nearing death she regrets a lot of her decisions as she has no 
relationships lean back on and appreciate, which is not good at all because humans are very social creatures and need those connections in order to gain a sense of belonging and that they did something right with their lives. And without that, both the pain, but the pain of cancer is physical and emotionally, and it is absolutely horrible combined together on her. Okay, so it kind of sounds like she's losing her pride throughout that awful, or like cancer's taking it from her. Yes. Okay, can you elaborate on that some? Well, I can try to think of a personal example. I'm really into art and stuff. Um, And I work a lot on my pieces and usually like on weekends and stuff, I'll work say three hours a day. And this is obviously much smaller scope than what she's experiencing, but sometimes I'll not be able to hang out with friends as a result. And they'll like send me pictures and stories of what they did. And I'll kind of regret not hanging out with them because I missed out on that experience to gain a closer connectedness with them as I tried to journey more towards building up my own skill rather than building up relationships that were more fulfilling overall. And I think that's a good example as to why Vivian may be experiencing the pain she does because the regret of not being able to experience those relationships she could have had with her students is stronger than the fulfillment that she felt building up her skill over time. Because at the end of the day, her passion and ability to analyze poetry to a huge extent is unable to save her from cancer and help her out with it. Where as a relationships, while it couldn't save her from cancer, it probably could have made the process of dying from it a whole lot less painful. Yeah, so it also sounds like this novel, if not novel play, is kind of like very relatable for the population. Yes. I mean, to me, it kind of seems like it's a very prominent issue in this world, is focus on your career first and your relationships later. Yes, this novel feels a lot less like about cancer and more about the pains of not seizing every day you can. Okay. And then I noticed that in Wits, it's not spelled with an I, it's a semicolon. Is there some sort of significance behind that? The semicolon. So there is significance. There is significance in the semicolon. All right. All right. So there's a poem that is prominently repeated over and over again. This very, I thought I thought it paused. There's this very old poem uh, that Vivian had to read and analyze a lot when she was going through the course she now teaches, or she now teaches, um, about a man who's struggling between accepting his death and salvation and the fear and anxiety felt by that. So, the original version. Uh, the original translation that her professor desperately wanted her to read involved um, a final line that went along the lines of, Thou shalt not die towards the end. Here, let me find it actually. If I remember correctly, the biggest thing the prof- professor was emphasizing was that there was a comma separating life and death. Yes, and that is a much weaker link than is a semicolon. So here we go. As she quotes, and um, this is her version of it, and death, capital D, shall be no more, semicolon, death, capital D, shall not die, explanation point. In the original translation, it goes along the lines of, 
and death, lowercase d, shall be no more, comma, death, lowercase d, thou shalt die, period, not an exclamation point. Okay, so then what do you think is the significance behind this change? Like, what do you think she's trying to get across with this? So, first of all, with the cap change of a lowercase d to a capital D, she's placing a lot of emphasis and power onto death, as she fears it right now, as she's slowly get going towards it. And the semicolon, very important part, um, she's replacing it with a comma because she feels that there's a strong barrier between the living and the dead. And she believes that because of that, she'll be able to survive this. In other words, it's a symbol of her denial of death and her inability to accept the fact that she is going to die and that no treatment can save her now. Grim. Grim, indeed. Sounds important, though. Very important. And then I heard you mention something about the professor reading a child's tale to Vivian. Yes. Could you maybe explain what that is or why it yes. was even there? So that was a very interesting, kind of creepy story. So basically, there's this little rabbit dude, right? And he's like, yo, mom, I'm going to go. I'm going to leave you. And she's like, no, you're not. He's like, yes, I am. And he leaves. And she's like, you cannot escape me. I am the ocean. I am the trees. I am the sky. Sound like me and my mother. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, okay. So the creepy thing is, is that the mother represents death. And the child rabbit dude represents Vivian. So Vivian's running off. She's like, yo, you can't catch me. See, I'm going to go be poetry awesomeness. And then death is like, no, I am inevitable. You're going to die no matter what. No treatment can save you. No friends can save you. And it's going to be painful because you didn't make any friends along the way. So then would you say that, like, you said the rabbit says he'll become, like, a tree or something. Would you say that that could tie into, like, the chemotherapy or the treatment or something? Like, that's yeah. kind of, like, her trying to fight it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, another really cool thing is that... As her professor is reading this uh, later, she's like moaning in pain the entire time. And uh, yeah, she's like in pain the entire time. So it's like, it's kind of like the childhood book um, represents like the actual reality of what she's going through. And she's like in pain hearing it because she understands now that there's truly no escaping death she's gonna it's gonna be painful and she's gonna die and it's gonna suck and i thought that also kind of ties back to the whole what you were saying earlier about how like this illness is degrading her like it's kind of sending her back into this state of childhood almost yes like finding entertainment something so simple as a child's tale yes i think uh part of that also represents the downfall of vivian and kind of the pointlessness of all the skills she and the skills and the pride she had as an English professor on the really complicated poetry. Because um, at the end of the day, she forgets all that sophistication and stuff and just goes back to being a child, reading simple little childhood books. And that's how she dies. Ah, lovely. Very lovely. So then was there like any specific characters or something that kind of showed that pride or were meant to go against that pride? Uh, there is a nurse that took care of her. Her name's Susie. Interesting fella. So she, 
She's basically everything Vivian is frustrated by. Susie is very simple and straightforward and just wants to care for people. Doesn't isn't it exactly a sophisticated Vivian. Like at one point, uh, she's describing a medicine that's going to make Vivian sleepy. And so Vivian's like, uh, uh, is it soporic? Who's the word here? Soporific. 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 Yes. Woohoo. Woohoo. All right. So Vivian's like, oh, so it makes you soporific. And Susie replies, no, it makes you sleepy. And that makes Vivian laugh hysterically because in that moment, she realizes Susie is so dumb compared to me. (laughs) And so Susie represents a counter to Vivian's pride and how pointless it is. Because even though Susie lacks the sophistication and knowledge that Vivian does in her field, she's still living life happy as she simply wants to help others and make sure they feel they feel loved and stuff before they die or while they're experiencing a painful illness or something. And I feel like that kind of also ties back to the pointlessness that we were discussing before about how, as you said, Susie doesn't have that sophistication that Vivian has but she's still able to get the point across just as clearly. Yeah. And she's like living life, probably even happier because she has more connections than Vivian, chances are. Because even though it doesn't directly say Susie's like relationships outside of her duty as a nurse, it's very clear that Vivian is painted as someone who is lacking relationships compared to other people. All right, and then another character that personally like stuck out to me when I was reading was uh, Jason. Jason. And so, yeah, I'm curious about your thoughts on him and what you think his importance was throughout the play. Jason is like a mini little Vivian. So Jason is Vivian's main doctor in her treatment for cancer and on their research for the new chemotherapy method. And he is, like I said, a mini Vivian. He takes a lot of pride in his work. He's very frustrated by people he finds inferior inferior to it. And he just wants to move on and get the recognition he deserves and be treated like an actual doctor who knows what he's doing. And I think his presence in particular is very important with that care with those character traits because Vivian is constantly observing him. And so, in a way, uh, he kind of represents this reflection of Vivian. Like, it says, round page 57, um, Jason's like, oh, I'll be good and stuff and happy as a doctor if I can survive this stupid fellowship, as he describes it. And I think Vivian can relate to that a lot. And in a way, I'd imagine it'd make her both happy, yet both sad. Because Vivian's the kind of person who sees the flaws of people immediately and kind of judges them for it. And so when she's seeing Jason and judging him for his flaws, she'll pro- like she's probably realizing that those are the same flaws she has, and that adds to the regrets she has in life as she passes away. Okay, so it sounds like Jason is basically meant to kind of show Vivian her mistakes in life. Mm-hmm. So, like, he kind of is her regret. Yes. Whereas Susie is everything she used to hate, but now it's what she wishes she would have been. Mm-hmm. And what's also interesting is that when Vivian does die, 
um, Jason shows a little bit of character development. So I think, I don't think it's just Vivian who's um, observing Jason and learning from him. I think it's also Jason who's observing Vivian and learning from her because at the end when she dies um, and she bas basically, she doesn't want her body to be used for research. And then he um, tries to like yell this code where they try to like shock her back to life and stuff so that they can continue trying to treat her. And then he realizes that he wasn't supposed to do that and then stops. And that's representing him like coming to respect the professor. And I think that he did, I think this also represents Jason realizing um, Vivian's change at the end. She realizes like all the things she did were pointless. They think that's Jason going and respecting that so that he doesn't fall down the same path where he's so focused on building up his career as a doctor that he loses his relationships and dies in the same misery that Vivian um, felt. Okay. So then, like, bringing it back to Vivian, who, you know, our protagonist and all, mm -hmm. she always carried a very blunt and very straightforward attitude. Yes. Like, even when she died, she was not afraid to speak her mind and say exactly what she was thinking. Yes. So how do you think that benefited, like, the author and their overall purpose for the novel? I got lost for a second. Can you... <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So Vivian, you know, super straightforward as blunt. Super straightforward blunt. So how do you think like that helped the author to convey their like author's purpose? So I'm into writing a little bit and I typically like to write characters that represent everything I want to be that I am not. <laughs> so I'd imagine that a character as blunt and straightforward as Vivian was very useful for Edson because I'd imagine she wanted to express a lot of thoughts through Vivian that she normally wouldn't be able to in real life because she would have a much more reserved personality. So using a straightforward and blunt character like Vivian, who's in a way is kind of a self-insert because she's also an English professor and stuff, just like Edson was an English teacher. Um, she's able to express her frustrations and stuff she feels towards her students constantly through her. And in a way, kind of, as she writes it, comes to like develop herself as well as Vivian as she reaches the conclusion that all of the skills built up by Vivian over the years were rendered pointless in her death. Okay, so, so what would you say is the author's overall purpose of the novel? Like what was her goal here to get across? Um, to place emphasis on relationships and I guess like basically carpe diem. Okay where you want to make sure you're living life to the fullest and that you're making the proper decisions on like what to experience and stuff and balancing your life so that you don't have regrets at the end and things you missed out on. Because in the end of the day, even though Vivian spent all that time building up her career, it was not only rendered pointless, but the fulfillment felt by it, like minus the usefulness of it in her situation, was overall a lot less heavy and impactful than the regret she felt not experiencing relationships with friends she could have had. All right. Well, seeing as we are running out of time, I think that's a good place to leave off. That is a good place to leave off. Thank you so much for Carpe listening Carpe diem. And we will see. not shut yourself in a library in the dark. Go eat with friends. See a movie. <laughs>
do it. We'll see you at our next podcast. Thank Good you for listening. Bye.